0: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hello once again, everybody. Thank you for joining me here on this Friday, October 23rd edition of ATS Radio. I'm your host, Adam Burke. I'll be going over my thoughts, my picks, my leans here for week seven in the circus sports million on today's show i got a lot of insights analysis a lot more leans than picks here for this week seven card so i'll share with you some stats trends and my rationale for what i'm looking at here for week seven in the contest over at ats.io we got a ton of great content for you great sportsbook promotions offers for this weekend Got a list of what's going on over at PointsBet Sportsbook. You can check that out over at the website. Also, bet $1, win $100 if a touchdown is scored in any NFL game here on Sunday in Week 7 over at BetMGM Sportsbook. We encourage you to head over to ATS.io and read more about that. Also, bet $1, win $100 on the Michigan versus Minnesota college football game and also the NFL here for this weekend over at DraftKings Sportsbook. You can read more of the details over at ATS.io with those. If you missed anything here this week on ATS Radio, the shows are all archived over at ATS.io. You can hear them on our ATS YouTube page. And of course, anywhere you download or stream your podcast content, Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Podbean, TuneIn, whatever else is out there you will find ATS Radio. So subscribe, get all the new editions once they're posted. And of course, too, if you subscribe, you'll be able to go back at any point in time and check out anything that we've talked about here throughout the week. One quick announcement regarding ATS Radio. I've had some listeners reach out on Twitter and say that they miss the Monday shows. Used to do the Monday show with Kyle Hunter. Now we're doing that on Wednesdays with Kyle so that he can attack the totals market as those numbers get posted uh, around the time that we were recording on Mondays. So I'm going to fly solo on Mondays starting next week, I will do the betters box and update the world series and talk a little bit about major league baseball, but I'll also combine that for next week with my power ratings, some of the overlays that I have, and also some of the box score notes that I've written down as I go through and adjust my power ratings, had some listeners reach out on Twitter and say, Hey, can you do something on Mondays? Helps set up the week really nicely for us. So I'll do that. I'll fly solo with it for now. Maybe we'll add a guest down the line. I'll combine it with the betters box for next week. But in following weeks without baseball, it'll just be a quick college football show. Maybe 20 to 25 minutes, something like that. Talking about the games that are off from my power ratings, the ones I expect to move in my direction. uh, And then, of course, taking a look at some of the box score analysis as well. And just a reminder that every Sunday over at ATS.io, You can see my updated college football power ratings and see some of those games where I do have an overlay relative to the market. All right, with that, let's go ahead and talk Circa here for week seven. Last week for me, a very disappointing week, went two and three, now 18, 11, and one on the season with my ATS.io-2 entry in the Circa Sports Million. Our other entry, of course, named ATS.io-1, Four and one last week, moves to 16 and 14 on the season here. But uh, last week we were on opposite sides of the Texans and Titans game, wound up being a swing game for us. Kept him from a five and oh, kept me from a one and four. So, was able to minimize the damage a little bit. Had the chance to get out with a positive week if the Cowboys had actually shown up on Monday night. But now, both entries here, seven and three in the second quarter. And the fact of the matter is that you know we need to go ten and zero over the next two weeks to have any chance at one of those quarter prizes. Two entries at ten and zero here for the second quarter. So again, already three games back in the second quarter. Need some luck. Need a ten and zero. Seventeen and three would be great. Probably not going to happen. But the quarter prize is a big deal here. In the circa one hundred eighty-seven thousand, the first place prize for the quarter seventy-five for second. 25 for third so hopefully we can get in the mix for some of those quarter prizes if not this time around uh, in quarter three or quarter four presence dash one leads this year's circus sports million with 25.5 points over presence dash two with 25 points and then presence dash three tied for third with aaron white dash one with 24.5 points so The maximum was three entries here this year in the circus sports million that probably led to getting over that overlay with the guaranteed prize pool of 3 million. The fact that you could have three entries and we all thought there was going to be an overlay. So taking three shots at an overlaid prize pool made a lot of sense, but you know, we wound up getting to 3,148, 3.148 million in the prize pool. No rake of course in the circus sports million, but presence Got the max three entries and currently sits first, second, and tied for third with those three entries. Absolutely phenomenal start for him or her or they. So kudos to him, her, her or they for that. But uh, again, absolutely amazing picking here so far for the presence entries. And we'll see how things shake out here after week seven. Last week, the field 50.32%. That was a grind, but got on the plus side there even though the consensus actually came in at 10 and four top five consensus was only two and three. So that's why the field did struggle a little bit with the top five, not really coming in as hoped year to date here in the circus sports million 52.22% deuces wild there with that 48,388 winners, 44,273 losers, 1,209 pushes. However, the only true push in the Circa Million so far came back in week one, the Chargers and Bengals game. I was on the Chargers and that one wound up up with a push in that matchup. But the week five games that weren't played, Broncos Patriots got pushed back a week and then the uh, Bills and Titans game on Tuesday night. Those were played late and counted as pushes in the Circa games that aren't played by Tuesday at 1 a.m. are pushes in the Super Contest both sides of that game wind up a loss so we'll see what that does in terms of the pick counts here for this Bucks Raiders game that for right now is kind of hanging in the balance a little bit as far as week seven goes year to date consensus in the circa 51 38 and three top five consensus 18 and 12 the top 50 plus ties get paid in the circa first place worth a million dollars second place worth 300k And there's a 100k booby prize for dead last if you make all 85 selections, but wind up with the lowest record or the lowest point total, excuse me, in those games. So, you know, in general, it used to be a running joke that you'd want to look to fade the consensus, but it feels like over the last few years here, the masses have gotten a little bit smarter, at least with regard to these contests. So you don't want to be up against the top five all the time because you want to find ways to gain some ground, but the top five, again, 18 and 12 here on the year, I do think that will regress as we go forward, but you know, so far, so good for the most popular picks of the week, and of course, the consensus, what I mean by that is the most popular side in each individual game. Over in the super contest, we like to update that. We still cover that over at ATS.io, even though we are not in that field for this season. ODBMG2 leads with 25 points. Goosebumps is second with 24. Last week, the super contest field 53.43%, much stronger than the circa field in week six, 51.68% for the season. Over in the gold, Andrew Scalzi 2, leads Brett Favre 444, 22 points to 21.5 there. A very well known name in the sports betting world, right angle sports, among those tied for third. Winner take all in the gold, 360,000, the prize pool for that. The gold field last week, 63.78%. I heard a lot of sharp guys last week talking about how much they liked the card, liked a lot of the spots, the situations, and the lines. And the gold field very much backed it up, coming in at almost 64%. That's a phenomenal week in any contest format, certainly in the Super Contest. 54.83% here for the season in the Super Contest gold. Last note here before I get into my picks and leans for week seven is that I think this is a tough card this week. There are a lot of games I kind of like, very few games that I really like. That does make it a challenge more often than not. But when you look at the lines here for the Circa, and this even includes last night's game with the Giants covering against the Eagles, all but three games have a hook here this week in the Circa Sports Million. Cowboys Washington is a pick em. Lions and Falcons is at two. Bears and Rams at six. Every other game in the Circa this week with a half-point line attached to it. Now, the reason I bring this up is twofold. The first is that, and I've talked about this before, From a game theory standpoint, with 3,148 entries, a push doesn't do you all that much good. Yes, you get a half point for it. It's better than not getting anything. But because there are so many ways to get leapfrogged in this contest, you'd almost rather play games with a hook. You'd rather go for that risk reward of getting a full point as opposed to maybe getting a half point. So there is that. The second thing is that line value is a major deciding factor in these contests. Remember, on Wednesday night, the Super Contest lines come out. On Thursday morning, the Circle lines come out. The lines do move, obviously, in the betting market from Thursday until kickoff. They don't move in these contests. And last week, we saw you know, some of these line value things come into play. For example, you know, in the Super Contest, the Giants were two and a half. In the circa, they were three. I stupidly took them anyway in the circa, but there's a lot more equity in taking minus two and a half instead of taking minus three. We look at uh the game between the uh oh wow, I can't believe this escapes me here. Um (laughs) I just had a a complete brain cramp there. Oh, the the Chiefs game against the Bills. That line was three and a half in the circa and then super contest it wound up being four and a half and five in the betting markets. So we saw a lot of people piggyback the chiefs in that game at three and a half with the line movement that we saw taking it to four and a half and five. So we do see a lot of that here in the circa. And to be completely honest with you, it's probably not something that I pay enough attention to in terms of trying to grab some line value based on what's happening in the market. A lot of times I'm looking more uh, at the injury reports And stuff like that so you know this is one of those situations where when we've got a lot of half points for example a game that I like here transitioning into my picks I like the Browns minus three and a half but the market is on three now so do you want to take the Browns in this contest when it appears that sharp money has taken the hook off of Cleveland to bring that line down to three so Those are sometimes the decisions that you have to make where maybe the line in the market is reflective of something that, you know, wasn't present on Wednesday or Thursday when these contest lines came out. So you have to decide, do you still want to play it or do you want to maybe take a game with some more line value that's maybe gone from three and a half to four or two and a half to three or something like that. So that is a big part of the handicapping for a lot of people here in this contest is taking line value in the circa relative to what's happened out there with the actual betting market. So we'll probably see a lot of that come into play here with all but three of these games for week seven, having that half point line attached to them. But as I said here, the Browns minus three and a half is on my list of very likely picks. Again, as I said at the top here, there are a lot of games I kind of like, There are not a lot of games I really like. So I've got a lot of decisions to make between now and when our picks go in on Saturday. And again, our picks due to our proxy over at footballcontest.com by 4 o'clock Eastern time on Saturday. So I've got time. I've got time to see how the betting market shakes out, how the injury reports shake out, stuff like that. But again, I'm going to have some very difficult decisions to make here this week uh, with the games that wind up being on my Circa card. But as I said, the Browns minus three and a half here. Again, the line down to three market wide. But the Browns go from the Steelers with an elite pass rush, elite speed on defense to the Bengals. Steelers first in pressure percentage in the NFL per pro football reference. The Bengals are 32nd. Also, the Bengals are 30th in yards per carry allowed with 5.1. Only the Titans and the Texans are worse at defending the run on a yards per carry basis. So when I look at the Browns for this week, they can run their regular game plan. They can run what they want to run offensively. Last week, Baker throws the pick six right away. They get behind in the game. It takes them out of what they want to do. Also, Baker was hurt, so that was a big part of it. And I don't know how much healthier Baker is this week, but you can run the football much easier on the Bengals than you can on the Steelers. So that opens up... The stretch running game, the zone running game for the Browns, it opens up play action with Baker Mayfield. It opens up moving the pocket a little bit because the linebackers have to stay stationary or maybe cheat up against the run. There are a lot more opportunities for the Browns' offense here against the Bengals. Now, there are concerns on the offensive line, and I think this is why this line moved from 3.5 down to 3. Wyatt Teller didn't practice on Thursday. He's probably out again. He was graded as the best offensive guard per pro football focus uh, over the first five weeks of the season. Then also JC Treder, the team's center, dealing with a knee injury. He's been limited in practice the last two days. So I think offensive line injury concerns are why this line has moved down a little bit, and I understand that, and I certainly agree with you know being cautious regarding those things, but also... This is a much different matchup for the Browns, to say the least. And furthermore, this is a much different matchup for the Browns' defense, too. And to be totally honest with you, I think Joe Woods has done a pretty good job with this unit, given that the Browns have had so many key injuries in the back seven. They're getting healthier. Denzel Ward played last week. Mac Wilson was out there. They're getting healthier. They're getting better. And as great as Joe Burrow has been with these adverse conditions that he has with the Bengals, they're still 30th in yards per play. There's just not a whole lot of efficiency to this Bengals offense. I like a smart coaching staff like the Browns to adjust, having played the Bengals once already. The Browns should have covered that first game. Burrow got in the back door. The Browns left some points on the field. I think the Browns are a good pick this week. Three and a half is the scary part as opposed to three. I wish it was three, but this one is one of the games I like a little bit more here on the card with the Browns minus three and a half. Next up on the board here is the Broncos, number 20 in the Circus Sports Million rotation order. They are plus nine and a half against the Kansas City Chiefs. And this isn't really a super detailed or complex handicap. There's a couple of obvious points here. This is a big spread of nine and a half with a good defense for the Broncos. And it's going to be a bad weather game. Snow, cold, wind, gross conditions. I don't think either team's going to love being out there in this environment. But for Kansas City here, back-to-back road games on a short week in elevation. And the Broncos are seventh in points allowed per drive this year, despite being 25th in average starting field position against. So it's tough to score on this Broncos defense. You add in the weather conditions and the environment and the atmosphere. And I think that the Broncos do make some sense here. Now, one thing I am worried about a little bit is the status of this game there is the wildfire going uh through the rocky mountains you know up in the boulder area and all of that so air quality could also be a factor in this game and maybe that helps the team you know getting plus nine and a half kind of a fluid situation i haven't seen any talks of this game possibly being moved or postponed the cold weather in colorado probably should suppress that fire a little bit but again i just think to me and and it is tough to take a public dog against an elite NFL team like the Chiefs that is a little bit concerning to me and again one of the reasons why there are a lot of games I kind of like not a lot of games I really like but again it's just hard to score on the Broncos it's hard to score in this environment back-to-back road games going to elevation uh you know the Chiefs this really would have been a great fade spot I think if they had played on Thursday night last week would have had the extra prep time But still, you know, they would have been playing three games in 11 days, four games in what, 21 days or whatever. So, you know, I think that the Broncos are a good look here this week, getting nine and a half. I wish it was 10. But I think that this is just a little bit too big of a number for a Denver defense that plays very well and also for a Denver offense that got Drew Locke back last week. Next on my likely list of picks here, and again, I I will keep reiterating this. There are a lot of games I kind of like. Not many games I really like. This is one I could really talk myself into here. That's number 26 in the Circa Million rotation number order. The Pittsburgh Steelers plus one and a half. Now, this one's kind of contingent on whether or not A.J. Brown plays for the Titans. I know that Corey Davis has been great, but the Titans offense has really taken off the last two weeks with A.J. Brown in the mix. They face a Steelers defense here. I think is very strong fast, ferocious, gets a lot of pressure. The Titans should have lost last week. And I do think there's a chance of a bit of a hangover from that game because again, you know, that was a division game. They came from behind, had the late score, won the game in overtime, had to play overtime. There's a lot of stats and trends out there about teams coming off of an overtime game. And it's a pretty tough situation for them. And furthermore, they played on Tuesday the previous week with all the COVID concerns then played that Sunday game, had to play overtime, one extra drive. They, of course, went down and walked it off. But now they play the Steelers, a very tough, physical team, a very good Steelers team, a Steelers team that didn't have to, you know, spend a ton of energy last week in beating up on the Browns. I like this spot for the Steelers. I like this matchup a little bit for the Steelers as well. Now, I give Tennessee credit. They got right over the bye week from COVID. They figured some things out. Did some film study stuff like that. But it was kind of a misleading game against the Bills. They won 42 to 16, but they were plus three in turnover margin. They got outgained in the game. Josh Allen had maybe the worst game that we've seen from him in a long time. I think the Titans' perception is a little bit too high right now. So I lean the Steelers anyway. But if A.J. Brown doesn't play, and we'll see what the practice report looks like here on Friday, that takes away a big weapon for Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill went to Brown immediately I think he had eight or nine targets in that Buffalo game Tannehill went to him right away so I think without Brown this Titans offense can regress back into what it was earlier on in the season I think the Steelers are just a very very solid very very good football team plus one and a half I do like them here number 26 in the circa million rotation order so the three likelier picks we'll call them Browns minus three and a half, Broncos plus nine and a half, Steelers plus one and a half. Now I got four leans for you here, and I could also talk myself into the Rams laying six on Monday Night Football. I think that's a spot where the Bears' lack of offense could wind up showing up a little bit. Uh, but the first of the leans here, number ten in the Super go- or the uh, Circum Million rotation order, the Panthers plus seven and a half. This just feels like a big number for the Saints to cover. The Panthers' offense has been quite efficient this year. They haven't been forced to give the football to Christian McCaffrey because he's been out. McCaffrey expected to come back in week eight. And I think to a degree, the fact that you're playing one more game without run CMC is that, I think it's a rallying point for the Panthers here because you can go, look, let's go win this game. And then we get our stud running back back next week. And that gives us a good opportunity when he's got fresh legs. So I think the Panthers... Do get a little bit of a boost here, knowing that McCaffrey's coming back, but that he's not back yet. I think we get one more big effort out of them here in this game. Teddy Bridgewater, of course, was with the Saints, knows the Saints personnel well, knows the offensive scheme from Sean Payton very well. I think that could be a benefit for the Panthers here in this one. Also, too, Michael Thomas. Bad bad news on the injury front for him. Hamstring took him out of practice on Thursday. We'll see if he practices here on Friday. If Thomas doesn't play, this line is seven, maybe six and a half. Could be one of those line value games that I talked about earlier on in the show. The Saints offense is just struggling badly with efficiency. The Panthers are 30th in blitz percentage, but they're eighth in hurry percentage. So they get pressure with the front four, which allows them to be back in coverage a little bit, gives them the chance to keep everything in front of them. And I think if you avoid big plays against the Saints, then you can cover some numbers in games against them. So Panthers plus seven and a half on my shortlist here and probably one of the games I do like a little bit more than some of the others here on the leans list. Number 11, the Buffalo Bills. They're an 11 and a half point favorite against the New York Jets. Look, it's a big number. I get it. I understand it. But here's a trend for you. Double digit favorites since the start of the 2017 season. 61, 41, and 4 against the spread, 59.8%. The Patriots are 14 and 5 in that role in that span. So there is that. But everybody else, 47, 36, and 4, 56.6%. So double digit favorites have done a pretty good job here in the NFL overall since the start of the 2017 season. I don't think the Jets care a whole lot with Adam Gase still around. And to me, if I'm a player, the longer Gase sticks around, the more it feels like we're just outright tanking, like we're tanking for Trevor. And I wonder if the Jets get off the mat here this week. The Bills need to blow somebody out. They need a get right game. The defense needs a bounce back effort. The offense, I think, needs to show a little bit more efficiency after kind of a lackluster performance last week. Remember, when these two teams played in week one, it was 27-17 Bills, but it should have been a hell of a lot worse. They had eight trips into the red zone. They only scored three touchdowns. The one worry for me, two worries really, I guess. The first worry is that the Bills play the Patriots next week, and this is probably their best chance in a long time to have a really good opportunity to beat the Patriots. The second is that the Bills have four wins this year by a combined 24 points. So this is not a team that wins by margin even though I think they're capable of doing it. So Bills minus 11 and a half is on the shortlist for me. Again, I think they should have won the first game by a lot more and I think that they will try to get some things right, fix some issues here in this game in advance of facing the Patriots, but you know again, 11 and a half a pretty big number for a Bills team that just generally doesn't win by a whole lot of margin. Next up here for me, and and maybe this is just kind of an intuitive type of play, uh, just kind of a feel type of play here. Number 14, the Houston Texans are plus 3.5 against the Green Bay Packers. And this is a Texans team that just looks dramatically different without Bill O'Brien. The offense is more efficient, specifically in the passing game. They just look different. They look happier. They look more excited to be out there on the field. I do worry to a degree about the hangover from last week's loss, but Cornell went for two with the chance to put it away. I don't mind doing that. I think it shows kind of where Cornell is, puts some confidence in his team. There's just more positivity overall with the Texans, with Cornell now as the head coach, the offense is humming along a little bit better. Defense still gave up over 600 yards in that game last week, so that's still a worry, but I, I think this feels like a sharper side to me, where I think This is a sharp versus public split game with the public on green Bay sharp money on the Texans. I'd rather be on the sharp side again, more more kind of a feel play than anything else. Just sort of a, you know, I've seen this situation play out in the NFL before type of thing. I don't know how much I love it, but again, I still got plenty of time to sort through my thoughts here for the card. Finally, number 23, the Los Angeles chargers minus seven and a half against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, much like the Bills, the Chargers are a team that never wins by margin. They just they play a lot of close games for one reason or another. I think this has the makings of a blowout win for the Chargers. The Jaguars have allowed almost three points per drive this year. That's easily the worst in the NFL. Only Dallas really comes close. The Chargers are fourteenth in points allowed per drive, and they played a much more difficult schedule, a much tougher slate of offenses than what Jacksonville has faced. So far this year, the Jaguars are banged up on offense. LaVisca Chenault is hurt. DJ Chark is hurt. They were limited in practice throughout the week here. Do the Jaguars care with a long trip out West? Is Doug Marone a dead man walking? Will the Chargers pass rush get to Gardner Minshew? I think that, you know, when you look at the guys the Chargers have faced here recently, you know, they've faced the likes of Mahomes and Breeze and Brady. And even though Breeze and Brady may be on the wrong side of the aging curve here, Those are just smart, cerebral guys able to break down a defense very easily. I don't put Gardner Minshew in that group. Minshew does tend to hold the ball kind of long, will get sacked. Chargers minus seven and a half on the short list for me. Again, not a team that wins by margin a lot, but I do think this is a spot where they have the opportunity to do that. So Browns minus three and a half, Broncos plus nine and a half, Steelers plus one and a half, the very likely picks for me. Panthers plus seven and a half bills minus 11 and a half, Texans plus three and a half chargers minus seven and a half on the list of liens for my ats.io-2 entry in the Circus Sports Million. Like I said, on Monday, I'll do the betters box, updating the world series, updating my year end thoughts for the major league baseball season. Then I'll talk about my college football power ratings, some overlays, some box score notes and nuggets, stuff like that on Monday. Tuesday, Brian Blessing, Wednesday, Kyle Hunter, Thursday, Brad Powers, Friday, be back again with some thoughts for the Circus Sports Million for week eight. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Have a happy, healthy, smart, safe weekend, and I will talk to you again on Monday.